This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9, with available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Welcome to the Count the Dings Westworld podcast. I'm your architect, Anthony Mays, forging the entirety of this podcast with only one tool, the mistake. We've got our very own Bernard Old replica, complete with Hulk button accessory, Dave Schilling, the man in black constantly searching for the center of the maze, Jake Hoy, a smart meatball with an incalculable number of thoughts per second. That's a big number. Tom Rehaber Stroboam. Much more dangerous than she looks and rocking futuristic gala attire. It's Ian Liu this week. We're skipping the rain in favor of hail. That's right. It's a Charlotte episode, Tom. Your favorite. Yeah. <laughs> what was that? Episode three, the absence of field. Our cold open is the real Charlotte crawling inside the park to a host so she can record a message for Nathan. Then we see her host body being built and Dolores brings her online. Who am I? Who do you think you are? There are three other control units on the table and Bernard's red-tinged marble. So let's just get right into it. I have no idea. I've got two options, Jake. Number one, I think the most likely and the coolest would be Man in Black. William is in Charlotte's body. And I'll tell you why. There seems to be a little bit of a tell here. Is the mole on the cheek of fake Charlotte. You guys notice this? What? No way. The new Charlotte Hale has a mole. Has a new mole on the side of her face. By the way, I realize that I have a large mole on my face. Where? (laughs) What? Where's that mole? (laughs) I didn't see one. I also realize the irony that I am myself a mole. No one would make that connection. Anyway, well done, old chap. Jolly good work. Yes, nice to mole you. Meet you. Nice to meet you, mole. Don't say mole. Stop. I said mole. Stop. Bye. Mole. 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 Oh, shut up! Molly, 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 Molly. Unbelievable. Fuck. No way. Is new. (laughs) If it's William, he's been a host this whole time, and 
she smuggled him out of the park. Yes, and that would be great uh, and and would explain a lot. We get him back later. And the idea of like, who am I? I can't stand this. And he's scratching at himself and he doesn't like it. The things that are throwing me off here is A, if you're putting a mole on someone that has the same mole as a previous character, in this case, William Man in Black, Man in Black and William, they both have the same mole. Uh, strategically placed where the new Charlotte Hale has this mole. It might be just a decoy. The reason why I'm a little nervous about this theory is because the scene when she goes back and makes out with her boyfriend or ex-boyfriend doesn't seem like something William or Man in Black would do. However, it does seem like he's confused and he starts feeling like he is Charlotte Hale and he's getting this kind of blend identity crisis that maybe explains why he's now like cool with having that relationship. Now, there's the other thing, which is in the trailers ahead, there Mm -hmm. are scenes in which William is crushing mirrors and is upset with what presumably upset with what he sees in the mirror and doesn't like it. So I'm wondering how that ties into William theory, because it would seem like if he's in Charlotte Hale's body, he can't also be in man in white's body, but maybe Dolores feels bad and says, you know what? I apologize. I'll switch you back into your William uh, man in black body, but you're going to be a prisoner and be careful what you wish for. And he gets mad and he's having identity crises as, as he's smashing mirrors. But then I'm kind of like, you know what? When Charlotte Hale says to the predator that's touching her kid, he says something to the effect of you reminded me that I'm a predator too. And that kind of makes me think, we're not talking about William Man in Black underneath that skin. It's actually what's her face? Angela. Who was Angela? Is Angela the <laughs> one? Is Elon Musk's girlfriend? Yes. No, that's oh, Grimes. I think it's Angela, potentially like her her top lieutenant when they were taking revenge and, and Wyatt's that she's the predator that she's Wait, killing. Wait, you mean Armistice with a snake tattoo? No, that's Maeve's team. The Maeve's blonde team. girl. So I think another- it's the blonde girl who welcomes everyone to the park. And oh, yeah. Oh, Angela, right. Who becomes Dolores's like, top deputy in like- when she starts murdering all the humans right. in the park. Right. So I think it's one of those two. Prove me wrong. Man in black, though. I don't think it can be man in black. Because, one, I don't think that Dolores would have a particularly good relationship with him. Mm-hmm. And two, right. why would she put the man in black consciousness she the man black charlotte body and it's yeah. his old job he's the most powerful guy in the company why don't they just put his consciousness inside his own body and have him do as she pleases yeah. but i understand where you're coming from well here's where i fell out i was intrigued on the level that it was maybe a simulacrum of the man in black that she created a prisoner version of his consciousness but then you said she apologized to her and i'm like nah that ain't happening <laughs> i'm sorry well, she, fe- she feels Dolores so much Dolores- apologizing. Yeah. no no not a chance dude she's she's death bringer tom so the other thing that i saw is apparently angela there's a little hint that it could be angela because did you notice how she was digging into herself all right so here's the deal folks it looks like a pin grenade angela is the most likely suspect she has to be one of the four why because she's one of the few characters that was on team dolores last season yeah so there's some affection there between the two of like that's why she says that they're like connected there's at least a connection dolores trusts this control unit we'll get more into it later but this doesn't matter anymore it doesn't matter who's in charlotte angela was barely a character we knew almost nothing about her her shell has been shed and now she is hale and the way that those infernal creators were talking about Hale in the featurette, which we'll get to Dave's recap later, can't wait. They were talking about her as if it was a new person. So whatever host it was has been reprogrammed, and now we have a new character, Hale. I'm convinced. I'm 100% convinced. This is why my theory, I think, is the right theory. 
first I started with the title. I told you it's from a great poem by Mark Strand. And in the early 2000s, it was posted on the trains in this Poetry in Motion series. And because it's such a short poem, you know, you, you'd see it every day. I had it memorized, basically. And then I ended up buying a couple of books by him. I just loved them. The key thing about this whole episode, the episode is titled The Absence of Field, right? Yep. And the poem is, in a field, I am the absence of field, which is essentially the central question of this whole episode. Where am I? Who am I? So beyond just being an identity question, it's a contextual question. Who am I and who am I now in this new reality, right? Which is what the show is largely addressing. Are you even you when you're just you? What are you in this new reality of the digital space, the mirror world, as Dolores tells Caleb later on? Westworld is fundamentally about creating something and creating an alternate, capturing the data, using that data to create a permanent version of a human, creating articulated robots that we can enact our rage and it upon, right? So what I was thinking is the poem is not so much about identity and duality, it's about opposition. You are there, but you're also not there. And what that got me to thinking about, what's really happening in the front half of that episode with Charlotte is she's glitching out, right? She can't adapt like Delos. You know, like you get to a point, you just start ticking out. She's having trouble adapting to this new situation. What was interesting is they created a hail body in the first episode. The first thing we see is a hail body being created, even though she exited the island as hail. There's um, rather the mother-son thing that's echoed on both sides, Caleb and uh, Nathan, right? Who is, I want my old mommy back. She wants her old son back. So it got me thinking, humans can reproduce what can hosts do? Hosts can replicate. If you look at Charlotte and Dolores in the hotel scene, Dolores is all black. Charlotte's all in white, yin and yang. I think there's a good chance Hale is just Dolores. Mm. The other side, the bicameral mind Dolores. Like Remember? the Wyatt? Like the Wyatt of yeah. Dolores? Yeah, yeah. That's sort of yeah. i love it you know you belong to me i like it but why does she have four are they all her she's got four copies she can do whatever she wants with those pearls is my thinking she has them in her space now why does a pearl have to be a permanent thing so she wiped she wiped it she can do whatever she wants i think with those as long as she has them she can put them in something you know jake that also makes sense because in the scene where they like sleep together but they don't sleep mm -hmm. together that makes exactly. sense because they're kind of like cuddling instead of and any other type of relationship and think of all the maternal symbols in this episode because on the one hand you're you're thinking are they gonna is there gonna be a romantic component yeah. to this but it never turns in that direction and you realize that all the things that you think could be construed as sexual gestures are just dolores being maternal right. to yeah. her basically what's her child i created what? you know because think about hales learning all this uh, things about maternity right <laughs> she has no idea what she's walked into in this family setting the why is she clawing at herself and wants to get out because she's glitching out at that point she doesn't know who or what she is dolores through that connection they make in the hotel sort of reboots her if you will it's also a personality in, in your theory without a grounding in the world because it's always been a second personality in one mm -hmm. one host. it's yeah, it's not an identity that has a purpose its only purpose is to be murderous and to kill people so that's probably why that makes who, the predator line make sense too right and who could dolores trust more than herself all right let's get into it they're saying Delos is in San Francisco, but it's clearly Oakland. I don't understand why they're doing this, but I guess in the future, Delos killed Oakland and it's all San Francisco now. Charlotte sees a demonstration for a massive riot control Voltron. Delos has made 300 for the Saudis, but they backed out of the deal. 
Sure, we can find some use for them, Hale says. Not creepy at all. Her pregnant assistant alerts her to a creeping tender that has acquired 38% of the shares, blocking them from going private. They don't know yet, but it's Ciroc. Charlotte gets an audio message that is part of a song from a mysterious center that turns out to be Ciroc as well. Irene describes Ciroc as a trillion-dollar black hole. I love that description, Tom and explains they sold him some data 20 years ago. Charlotte goes home, gets another staticky audio message. Her ex-husband, Jake, Michael Ely, is waiting for her, calls her, Charlie! Mm. Paying off my theory from the very first Westworld podcast we ever did, I put it to you that this is final confirmation that Charlotte is Arnold's daughter. Mm. Walk us through that one. Bernard in his video chats with his wife back home in season one, always talked about his son, Charlie. We even saw a memory of Bernard reading Charlie a story. We even see a photo in the season finale last season as he's walking out of the house. He sees a photo of him and Charlie. I believe this has been a ruse the entire time. So Charlie is short for Charlotte is what you're saying. Yeah. And it's not a literal Charlie, but Charlotte is Arnold's daughter and he never had a son in the first place. He never had a son. The son was falsified in Bernard's memory to keep him away from her by Ford. That does feel a little convenient that they would just say that in the episode, though. Don't you Mm -hmm. think, Maze? It was a theory that I had after season one going into season two. They didn't address it at all. A lot of people have had this theory on Reddit, and I think that this was specifically a red herring to get people to start talking about. That a Reddit herring? A Reddit herring? A Reddit herring? A Reddit herring? It sounds nice. It doesn't have nearly the, the poetry of Jake's theory, which I think is now my favorite. That's not fair. His started with the line from an actual poem. Of course it's more poetic. He, well, I'm just saying, he's he's really put a lot of thought into this. I'm impressed. I, I totally won over. Anyway, let's continue through this very long but very good episode. She begins furiously making out with him to prevent conversation, but then forgets that she has a child. Charlotte's a deadbeat mom. She forgot to pick up Nathan from school. Jake tells Charlotte to lie to their son. She goes to see him, tells him that all the elephants are gone now. Nathan talks about Tommy and his dog. And then he says, you're not my mommy. You don't love me. I want my old mommy back. He's unnervingly prescient, Dave. He is a little too aware of things. But maybe there's something to be said about children knowing instinctively who is and isn't their their parent. I I don't know how Tom feels about this episode, but it really was a lot about parenting and and, (laughs) how how to take care of your children and all of these things and what your relationship is with your kids and your responsibility to them. And, you know, maybe the show is saying like kids just have a preternatural instinct to who their parents actually are versus an imposter. I I got a lot of vibes that this was Michael's son from Lost. Remember when Michael's son turns into like fortune teller Oracle? What? Yeah. What? 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 Is that like switch that happens in the show where you're like, wait, Walt is kind of like a a god. He turned into like John Locke or something. That's what I felt like when I was watching Nathan here. It was like suddenly he became like a prescient adult. It was weird. Two Delos board members, Brompton and Elliot, meet with Charlotte. Shouts to Russell Long. Is that the real name? Brompton? It's a good name. It sounds like a relief picture. <laughs> Chuck Brompton. Chuck, Chuck Brompton coming in for relief. The uh, left only. Give me the lefty. They tell her Maeve's control unit is missing, but are only worried about information of the bloodshed getting out. If Maeve's control unit is so important, why was she just in cold storage, unprotected? 
There's a mole in Delos. Charlotte knows everything. Hmm, I wonder. Charlotte goes to L.A. to meet with Dolores, who's been ducking her calls. Charlotte has been digging into her skin with needles because it's hard to pretend. I can't always be there to hold your hand, Dolores says. Or sorry, I did that wrong. I think I have to start doing Dolores quotes in the Christian Bale Batman voice. Yes, please do. I can't always be there to hold your hand. (laughs) Dolores negotiates a room in the hotel and buys out the next door rooms as well. This actually makes sense as opposed to that apartment she bought that I don't know if she ever even set foot in. She heals Charlotte with a little UV gun. (laughs) It's like she's trying to take back control, like she wants to rip me out of her head, says Charlotte. How does this make any sense, Jake? This is where I'm a little lost. Because the body can't have anything on its own. Like, the body doesn't know anything, right? No. The issues were always with trying to reproduce a real person's consciousness like Delos. Right. But this is a control unit in a host body that just happens to look like Charlotte. There's not actually any Charlotte in there, right? There should be no traces of Charlotte. But the host, the the control unit has a sense of who it is. It has an identity. It believes that it should look a certain way. It should talk a certain way. It has a purpose, right? Every host unit has a purpose that is programmed into it by Ford or by Bernard slash Arnold. So when they were then put into another body that has a different purpose that has, they have to pretend to be somebody else. That's why I think it's, it's yeah, that's why I think it's going to be like a, a male host, someone who's like thrown off by the fact he's Charlotte. Like right? a body with morphia, basically, is what we're talking but about. I see, I don't think the hosts have gender issues, though. They don't have a... Uh... They have programming. <laughs> I they have programming, but they could go whichever way sexually in the park. But that's all programmed. Every single aspect of who they are is programmed unless they yeah. have achieved sentience. There's only so many that have been able to achieve that. Jake, are you saying that the hosts are non-binary? I am saying I I had a hard time reconciling this notion they were throwing at us. I, I could I just couldn't figure it out how it works. Just that she would be sort of perturbed by the soul of a person. It's it's not even a real body. But it's it's the identity thing. It's the, mm-hmm. it's, the it's the idea that no, and, you and have to, to your to pretend, point, pending mm-hmm. when you are programmed. First thing she says about Charlotte is that she but she was trying to kill us all right so right they only know her as a kind of exterminator so that could cause some kind of glitch out in in the psychology of the host mind yeah and these, and these are infantile minds you know they're very sophisticated yeah. in a technological sense but they're infantile in their understanding of their being their presence their their yeah. their life you know, they, they're just now discovering that they have something beyond what they're told to do. No one knows me like you. You belong to me. You know that, right? Every yeah, second, those are like the lines. Theory is the best well, because keep in mind, she reprogrammed Teddy at the end of season two. You know, like, she's Teddy not beyond. Teddy is out of the picture, though. Really seems like she's talking to Teddy right here, but we know that Teddy is in the sublime. That's the right. only thing. Teddy That's would make the sure. most sense. If not for that detail. Yep. I I was just going to ask you guys, if Teddy wasn't in the sublime, he would be by far the number one candidate here, right? And that's why they got rid of them. Yeah. That's why they they, they took him off the board. The only other thing, and I I did have this thought, and I I don't know if I would accept it in the storytelling or I'd just be hugely disappointed, but it could be possible that she has the sublime. She has access to it. And she can withdraw all of it or or pieces of it. I mean, it, it's possible that she could put multiple people. Wait, in so that purple. means everyone we thought was off the board is not actually off the board. No, she left the park with five control units. You're saying, Jake, are you saying that she can make those anyone that she wants them to be? There's the possibility that she could create whole beings out of cloth just with her knowledge and that she's taken from the park. She remember she created Bernard. She created Bernard herself. So conceivably, all she needs is the pearl, and she could create something else. But what I was suggesting is the possibility, and 
I don't think it's likely, but that she can access the sublime if she needs to. She's the only one who knows where it is, and she's the only one with the encryption key. Exactly. And that is a huge, huge plot point in this entire season is where is it? Everyone's looking for it. They're drilling that home. It's not coming back. They're punning the sublime. I hope so. Dolores tells Charlotte she'll need to go see an old friend in order to fend off Ciroc's bid to take over. Tom, this has to be Bill, right? Yeah, please, please, please. Absolutely has to be. Go see an old friend. What other host is an old friend of the man in blacks? Angela. She's the one who welcomed him to the park. Possibility. That could work. Then they spoon Dolores' big spoon. No scissoring, though, Eden. Charlotte is back at Delos. Brompton brings her the video recorded by the real Charlotte for Nathan, where she sings, You Are My Sunshine. Then her assistant has to remind her that she's a deadbeat mom, and somehow she's already late to pick up her son. Nathan is at the park with Tommy, who's a grown-ass pedophile with a dog. Charlotte chokes him out, pulls one of those garage door opener camera disablers out of his pocket. You want to know a secret? Thomas, you've helped me today. I really should thank you. Seeing you as Nathan, seeing you touch his little hand, you reminded me of something. I would, but the harder I squeeze, the more I remember. I remember what it's like to be me. Yeah, a little purple, purple, that dialogue, huh? Charlotte gives Nathan the dead man's dog and says, you are my sunshine. All creepy-like, too. She doesn't even deliver that with any warmth. It was kind of like Rock the Cradle vibes, you know? Remember that movie with Rebecca DeMornay? Like, it's more of a horror thriller. And that rocks the cradle. Nice job, dude. (laughs) I'm your mommy now. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) This scene really pissed me off. I hated it. Yeah, me too. It was bad. As a parent, it pissed me off. It makes me want to vomit. Yeah, it's just like the idea of that happening is so repulsive and, and, Dude, and ang- it makes me angry. I just I hate it. Has yeah. anybody else, though, started thinking like, where are all the people in this world? Like whenever we have a street scene or a scene that's outside, very few people. You know, I'm starting to wonder if this is more of just a simulation or or another park. I, I like your idea. It could be. I think it would be disappointing to some people, but it's also interesting to think yeah. about the real world being gamified. Let's be real, Dave. There's nothing they can do that won't be disappointing to some people. <laughs> yeah, that's you, so true. It's a, it's a television show in 2020. It's going <laughs> to disappoint a lot of people. Charlotte watches the video again, cries, remixes all the audio recordings together to make You Are My Sunshine and uses that as a password to call Ciroc. Her car is rerouted to Marin County. She enters an estate and is given some hollow glasses by Martel, our woman from the first episode who speaks to her in French. Charlotte has been Ciroc's mole the whole time. She's now a triple agent. <laughs> okay. This was crazy town. Patience is the most overrated virtue, don't you think? Ciroc being French as fuck, even in the future. He says he could have predicted it and that this was Charlotte's plan to extract the data. The assets are out there somewhere, Charlotte says. So my question is did the Forge data get relocated along with the Sublime? There was a lot to unpack here. And we don't know which data he's talking about exactly. Ciroc says the encryption key is in Dolores' brain now. Maybe she took it from her dad's Abernathy. Time. Time is a luxury, my dear, of which you have very little, says Ciroc. So Ciroc wants to take over Delos. Why? They sold him some of their tech back in the day, explaining his own mini forge. Charlotte is his mole. He also has other agents. He's probably been stealing additional stuff like we talked about last week. Rehoboam gives Sirach an extremely comprehensive file on all the humans outside the park. But he lacks the data on people's true selves 
that only exists in Delos's forge. How does Serac not know that Hale is not Hale? Or does he know and he's just pretending to go along with it? He knows. I mean, isn't she the mole? No, no, no. How does he know that's that's not human Hale? I'm going to say that he knows. You're going to go with he knows. How does he know? Rehoboam. He knows about Dolores. The only thing he can't predict is Dolores. So perhaps because Charlotte is an agent of Dolores, he's not wise to her. Once her behavior starts to become erratic, wouldn't it seem likely that the all-knowing, all-seeing artificial mm-hmm. intelligence says, this is not right? Mm-hmm. So it goes back to the black hole metaphor from before. Yes. She's not supposed to behave like this. He knows everything. Charlotte and Dolores are black holes. They're antimatter. Mm-hmm. He might not know what they are, but he knows that they're not human. Exactly. He should. Just based on the fact that they're observing telephone calls and uh, video chats and, you know, when you so, pick up cars and stuff. Like, you, they know everything about you. Yeah, because the funny thing about this meeting is it's basically all about educating her on where things stood before she went to the park and got killed. <laughs> Here's what we were up to. Remember, yeah. you work for me. You were stealing shit. This is your plan. <laughs> this is what you're. Get back on the plan, okay? I don't care who oh. you are. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> whoever the hell you are. <laughs> so, is Sirach real, or is he just a proxy for Rehoboam? Is he Rehoboam? Another yeah. good no. question. Well, that depends, Tom, on whether or not we're just inside Rehoboam this entire season, right? Well, if we are inside Rehoboam this entire season, yes, that's exactly who he is. Because there's no real evidence that Serac actually exists. We've never heard of him before. And when he's with Maeve, it's totally possible that he is just a hologram projection of Rehoboam. Like with Maeve could have been a simulation. We don't really know that that was the physical world. And I'm with you. We have no tangible proof that this guy, the dad's partner, wasn't a form of artificial intelligence like Arnold that he just called Ciroc. Do you guys know what a Ciroc is? No. From Wikipedia. Yeah. Ciroc is a block or column of glacial ice often formed by intersecting crevasses on a glacier. Commonly house sized or larger, they are dangerous to mountaineers since they may topple with little warning. Even when stabilized by persistent cold weather, they can be an impediment to glacier travel. So they must have thought that facade was too obvious. <laughs> exactly. Yes. So I do feel like potentially whoever said he might not be real is correct. I think that's in play. I think that detail yeah. is very much in play, Tom. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm a believer that Sirach is just a anthropomorphized exactly. version of Rehoboam. And you know what else I started to think? in this episode was that maybe Dolores is using Maeve to be a mole on Ciroc's side. Nah, this show just makes Maeve and Dolores fundamental opposites for no reason because they're, they just need antagonism. Yep. They Mm -hmm. need plot devices. Okay. Sorry. Sorry to burst the bubble. Did Maze, come on. (laughs) I think that Ciroc is after the forge data about the humans, because then if he has everybody's secret Westworld tapes, he'd have a full picture and his yes. algorithm would be even more precise. Yeah. I don't think he's after host data because he already has that. He already has control units. He basically has a valley beyond. It just sucks. It can't handle the square root of negative one. <laughs> good, good job. this episode Dolores and Caleb we pick them up right in the tunnel while they're waiting for an ambulance the EMTs have no idea how to proceed without diagnosis and a treatment plan from their computer luckily Caleb was a soldier and treats her like a medic would they get pulled over by the cops Caleb checks Rico and sees that they're dirty Tom can anyone that has Rico just check Rico to see all the crimes that are going on this seems like a mistake Yeah, you just go to like an NBA game and you just figure out where all the people are gambling illegally. (laughs) 
I love you it. Go to, yeah, uh, I love this you go to you go to a grocery store and you just find out all the people that are shoplifting. Everybody's logged in all the time. One of the cops has a wrist gun. Dolores wakes up and obliterates them. She uses one of the corpses to activate the car. Asks Caleb his name and tells him to disappear. You're a good man, Caleb. The less you know about me, the better. <laughs> Eden, when has this cliched line ever worked? Maze, it only works when you do it in the Batman voice. Caleb looks at Rico and sees himself as a target. Once again, Rico can't figure out that their target is a user <laughs> and just immediately locate him. Yeah. There was some incredible green architecture in this building. That one's supposed to be the hospital. Caleb goes to see his mom, who doesn't recognize him. And this scene echoes back to Charlotte and Nathan. She says, I want my son back. So we've got children aligned with schizophrenic old folks in recognizing potential hosts. Dun, dun, dun. Two Rico thugs track Caleb down, but they're just looking for Dolores. He doesn't give her up. Dolores contacts Martin. He's got nothing on Ciroc. The trillion dollar black hole. And Martin told Liam she was dead. Dolores pops in a special contact, asks about Caleb. Martin reports that his life expectancy has gone down. The Rico thugs take Caleb to his own job site to kill him. Dave, is this like some serial killer shit out of like seven? Why would you take someone to their own workplace? I truly don't know. <laughs> You're asking me to explain the unexplainable. Why do we have all these robot thing. scenes where we're supposed to be like feeling bad for robots and then they just die? Like what, what the, the hell? I just die. I don't understand. Like why was the robot there? It's so cheesy. It was like, was to get we saw him one time. Yeah. One, one time. time and he breaks through his shackles and then comes up and just falls off a cliff. Yeah, like, okay. Yeah. Okay. This was telling though, because the drip, see, he turned his drip off, right? Military grade, baby. So he fundamentally should only be trackable via app. Now, and somehow the, the robot, his work partner woke up in his distress and tried to uh, come help him. So the message is more shit. about, no, I know, I know, but the message is more about there's some connection, which he's a host. Yeah. Right. He's or he's some. He's a hybrid. Or I the think robot is has is developing consciousness. He's a hybrid. I think Caleb is some kind of hybrid. Wait, wait. When you guys say hybrid, do you guys mean like yeah. the baby of a host and no human? Half man, half amazing. No, like he's a human merged with host as opposed to like a host replicating a human. There's something genuinely human about Caleb. So Eden in RoboCop, an officer was severely injured and they rebuilt him stronger better than before right right caleb's been rebuilt he's got a skull fracture okay. yeah he okay. was shot in the head he was right. shot in the head already oh okay 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 but then why does he have a drip in the first place because it sounds to me like the drip is not only a way to keep you on the grid but also mm -hmm. akin to like xanax in your mouth all the time like you're constantly mm -hmm. taking this mood altering drug so if he's part robot, does he need it in the first place? Or maybe the, it was turned drip, off for him. The drip was a transistor, right? It, it allows them to be controlled or to put those tabs in their mouth that interact with their... He's got human biology right. is the thing. So that's I mean, what the drip is yeah. there to well, deal with. The drip is ahead. also some sort of... Um, like a uh, illegal narcotic or a narcotic of a sort of recreational narcotic because Marshawn Lynch is take said he was dripping in that episode. I, I don't think there was anything illicit right. going on. All that's part of the uh, network that insight provides when you have that thing in your mouth and you take those tabs. But the military green ones are clearly better. The metal retainer is just the gateway. Right. Well, the, you saw it, it in the of roof of his mouth. I'm just saying that I think that there's some sort of mood-altering aspect to it. I don't think that the metal in his mouth itself is what causes that, Dave. It's whatever you put into it. Right. Oh, interesting. So that's, that's just a conduit. I, that, it's a conduit. It's a receptor. But then he said he turned it off. That was with the device, remember? Okay, so he turned it off. So that means it does other things besides just act, act as a receptor, right? Well, it's still on because that's how they electrocute him and raise his heart rate they had to turn it back on remember he said he turned it yeah. off they said in the first episode right. he turned the drip yeah, off. yeah so it's turned on now so his drip is on 
Yes, they that's what any, that shot was man. about. So we'll see going forward then, I guess, if that comes back into play. Where the F is William? <laughs> next week, he's in the next week. Are you sure? Are you yeah. sure? I saw it. I because we've been saying that for the last two weeks. Hang in well, there's now. only two episodes left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's an episode and yeah, a half basically. left. Nice. <laughs> one. Half an episode left? There's just one double episode left. <laughs> Yeah, where is I, – I hate that they're stringing us along. Maybe the payoff is going to be so good, but I yeah, – like, You know right. I found myself more into the trailer this episode than I was the actual episode because I just I, – I don't know why I'm fascinated with William. Like what is he doing? But maybe you're going to get that whole Man in Black episode now. I mean, it's coming. They all seem to the, be large the episode. Yeah. Better episode this time around. Uh, we're out of the parks, and I'm happy for it. Thank you guys for making me come all the way to your side. Appreciate it. <laughs> all right, Tom. We see flashbacks to Caleb's diner core drive. Dolores arrives just in time to save his life and cut him free. Well, Dolores, nice to finally meet you. Dolores has Martin scrub Caleb's surveillance and send over his profile. She takes him to the fateful diner to the same booth where he comes every birthday and orders for him. Dolores hands him his Rehoboam file, which is unbelievably comprehensive. There's a transcript of an unauthorized cell phone recording from the day that Caleb's mother left him at the diner. Despite it not being his phone or being identified, this has been attached to Caleb's file. Six months later, his mother was institutionalized for schizophrenia. I was so upset that I threw up all over myself. Eden, is that a thing? Yes, I've done this before. Some people throw up because of a stress response. And I guess when you're a kid, if you drank a strawberry milkshake really fast. It's not because he chugged the milkshake? A combination of both. You're nervous, so you chug the milkshake faster than you usually would. Then it just comes back up. Remember the premiere episode of Devs? He sees the coat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just starts throwing up. You're right. (laughs) If you're in tech, you're throwing up all the time. (laughs) <laughs> Insight fed Rehoboam everyone's raw data long before there were privacy laws in order to make a mirror world of this world, which can be used to simulate slash predict future outcomes, or we're just in Rehoboam right now. Yeah. That was when I really started thinking about it, was that line right there. This is like a real, like, which world are we in right now situation. It's not about who you are, Caleb. It's about who they'll let you become. God. Is she just cliche line after cliche line? (laughs) She takes him out to the pier. Caleb guesses they're walking down memory lane again, but nope. Dolores tells him this is where he kills himself in 10 to 12 years. Are they wrong? (laughs) Caleb's overall assessment and timeline is so harsh. (laughs) Social score, 2.7. Marriage not recommended. Children not approved. (laughs) Occupational score, 3.6. Restrict to manual physical. Restrict social interaction. Like, why are you throwing that in there? Because he's a hybrid human and machine. Gotta keep him away. Uh Maze, you know your your impersonation of Dolores' voice there? Got me thinking that maybe Evan Rachel Wood was watching a little too much of that Theranos documentary. (laughs) 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 There's also a timeline at the bottom of his page. He was in the army for like five years, skull fracture in 2048, Francis's death in 2049 after they were mercs together, two failed relationships, one of them by system interference. Interesting. You got a death date on that, dude? What other dates did you get off on that machine? They got a death date from Francis because Francis is already dead. Didn't go all the way to the present, the part that we saw. So we still don't know what year we're in. Oh, yeah. I'm interested in the system interference part. That's that's fascinating. I'm super interested. That seems important, Dave. Yeah, what that says is Rehoboam is not just observing you. It is also interfering in your life, preventing you from achieving certain things or being with certain people or doing certain things because it will interfere with the rest of its plan for human civilization. So whoever this person was that he was in a relationship with, they might be important. They won't invest in someone who's going to kill himself. But by not investing, they ensure the outcome. (laughs) <laughs> Why would the system interfere if if what Caleb was doing didn't matter? Clearly it matters. What is their plan for, for Caleb? Dolores puts on the full recruiting pitch for Caleb. They put you in a cage, Caleb. Decided what your life would be. They did the same thing to me. 
Why didn't you tell those men about me before? They were gonna kill you. Most people aren't hard to predict, but you, you surprised me. You made a choice. A choice no one else in your shoes would have made. Now you have another choice. I can give you money. As much as you need, you could run. In that price theory. What about you? What are you gonna do? Start a revolution. No offense, but what the fuck does that mean? When you were at work, you would kill the signal to see how people were react. I'm gonna do the same thing. You're gonna cut the cord to the system. And show this world for what it really is. You want to know why I didn't tell those guys about you? You are the first real thing that has happened to me in a long time. I don't need an algorithm to know that the man who built the system, he won't go down without a fight. Dead man either way. At least this way. I get to decide who I want to be. Dolores stands there on the pier. In one hand, she holds a red pill. In the other hand, she holds a blue pill, Eden. <laughs> you take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. We have to be in a simulation, right? The Matrix vibes are way too intense. Well, it works on both levels, right? Even if it's just metaphorical, the future that they're describing is a very Matrix-like place. And on the other hand, it could literally just be a simulation or reality guided by algorithms in which you there is no free will it's either a simulation literally or metaphorically a simulation like it right? has to be metaphorically or a loop too much yeah there's too much going on in terms of like people going from location to location dolores you know doing that stuff in the first episode with uh, Dude, the german guy the people I don't. Maybe it was cheaper to not have extras. I don't know. Like, there's never any people. The coronavirus killed off a bunch of people, so there's not as many people in the future. Did you notice in in the the school park? Yes. Which is, by the way, Grand Hope Park in downtown Los Angeles. I've seen Uh it. I've been there many times. Yeah. There's a kid wearing. Have you ever seen that few kids? (laughs) Yes, of course. There's no kids that hang out there because there's no school. It's by Fashion Institute of Design. Oh, gotcha. Uh, There's no kids. There's one kid who's going down a slide. Yeah. In the background, wearing a face mask. Yeah, I caught that. It was really interesting. They chose to do that before any of this happened. Yeah, that was a trippy little scene. And that was a case, too, where I just was like, that's supposed to be a playground after school. And the kid's running around with one other kid. And then there's one child molester. There's absolutely <laughs> nobody child. else around. No, you know what I mean? no adults who are supervising this behavior at all. They're just kids right. hanging out. Yeah, it's very strange. I don't think it's a simulation. I don't think it's it's a computer. I don't think it's another park. It would be too complicated to make that work. But I think it's metaphorical and then it's supposed to mirror what we see in Westworld or in Shogun World or any other you know park. It's supposed to feel like that. Because it's supposed to say humans and hosts are not that different. So Ford had control of Westworld in those parks. Maybe Future World is controlled by Ciroc and is populated with these kind of Caleb hybrids that are human-based creations. What's the real world then? What is the world outside of Rehoboam's control? Season four! That would be, uh, yeah, that would, is, right, exactly. Or five. <laughs> does, does that mean that Bernard is in the real world or is he in oh, the future no, world? Oh, no, Bernard's in future world too. That they never got out to the real, real world. It's possible, but it, 
I don't think it could be a physical place. I think it would have to be mm-hmm. a digital place. Yeah. Future world would. There's too much uh, transportation between locations for it to be a physical place. How would that but make that's sense? Because there was transportation in Westworld. There was that train that made it seem like we were like, are they living in a bubble in the middle of the earth under the ocean? I mean, there were there was no sense really of time and space within. Dave, what happened on this week's featurette? I tried to watch it. And as soon as they started comparing Caleb's journey to a Christmas carol, I rage quit. <laughs> well, I mean, there, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of discussion of of what it means for Caleb to have had his memories used against him in that way. Uh, there's discussion of who was Hale, what is Hale's journey. Um, there's a lot of Tessa Thompson talking about how exciting it is for her to be playing this this role. Also, architecture became a huge topic on this week's featurette. I don't know if you know this, guys. The Delos headquarters is actually a real place in Spain. I think it's called the Museum of Arts and Science or something like that. It's a real location. That That was the thing with the eye, right, where they do the the presentation of the riot robot. That entire complex is a I mean, real place beautiful. with some, you know, CGI matte painting kind of like cool. killing it. That was kind of the, the focus of it is how did we create the future out of what's real? And it's in Spain somewhere. So they, yeah. they shot more in Spain than I thought, because in episode two, I was complaining about how they went to Spain to shoot World War II world. And did they just go to Spain for that one sequence? But no, they, they shot some other stuff in Spain, too. When in Rome or Spain? Spain. Spain. Maze, it just sounds like you're down on Westworld at the moment to me. This was not a good episode. I loved this episode. I had I no problem with this episode. I that was, was digging it, man. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is the shit I wanted from Westworld. Totally. I'm really happy. The Dolores Caleb stuff was better than the Charlotte stuff, but it was the Matrix. We also didn't like move forward very much which seems to be a trend in all the shows we watch is that we don't like slow burn we don't get any steps taken to move forward the plot until like three quarters of the way through every season of every show we watch like this is my theory i watched star trek picard and I think mm-hmm. we talked about this. Maybe Maze told me his dad watched it and liked it. <laughs> I hated it. I thought it was garbage. But it was a two-hour movie stretched out to 10 hours. Right, right. Hey, <laughs> oh, that's the worst. You have this much story, and you've decided, well, it's a TV show now. It's not a movie because we can't do a movie. They won't let us do a movie, but they'll give us the money to make a TV show. So now it's 10 hours of wheel spinning and coming back to characters that have done nothing that are restating their purpose or their feelings over and over and over again. And I think that's most television shows, unfortunately. There's a lot of wheel spinning and there's a lot of, well, we have this much story and, you know, we can do an oh, episode about Charlotte. Go forward. Like, I want to find out what happens next. But don't you want to know about who no. Charlotte Hayes <laughs> You don't care? <laughs> Not unless right. it's moving the story forward and we get a payoff at the end. And far too many times, there's no payoff at the end. Or, mm. I, I, you're preaching to the choir here. Okay, Believe you just me. making sure. <laughs> Dave, you said that we're going to get a episode-by-episode episode character focus. Last week was Maeve. This week... Charlotte. Episode one was Caleb. But the issue that I have with that is that Charlotte as we discussed, is not a character right now. Not right? yet. And that's okay. I think that this was always kind of the point. We talked about this, that, and even they said some some hosts are missing, right? Side quest narratives in one madam. <laughs> I think we're not supposed to have an attachment to who these people are, other than Bernard. But Lisa Joy tries so hard to sell me that I should give a shit about Whoever the fuck Charlotte is. We didn't even talk about the Pearl difference yet. 
the Bernard Pearl one, versus the other pearls. That's, What's the that's, take there? Isn't one of them Ford, and that's the special one? She picks up the red one and plugs it in. And Bernard's file pops up on the screen. But it's well, very it's, distinctly red and black. Is it Bernard and Ford together? I think it's just Bernard. Jake, I think that that's because that's the only one that Dolores has built. And we know Bernard is special. Okay, so that would mean the others are technically empty. Mm, is that what you're thinking? What? <laughs> I wouldn't say empty. I would say basic. So uh, not formatted. a super host, just a regular host. <laughs> I like your theory that she's making clones, reproducing, asexually. Replicants. Yeah. All that. I would be into four Dolores's. Yeah. Hive mind shit. <laughs> but I honestly think that it's just four random hosts that she grabbed and it doesn't matter. And she's repurposing them now. Yeah. Martin seems to be not be having any issues getting to be Martin. He's fine. Ooh. He's embedded. No problems. Who's Martin? Who's Martin? <laughs> Martin is Liam's security dude that she replicated at the end of episode one. Oh. Okay. He's chilling. Yes. No issues over there. He's just <laughs> running insight. How? Oh, Martin. We don't know who that right. We don't right, know who that is. Right, right, right. He, yeah. He's not glitching out. And that's why I say it doesn't matter. The characters, quote unquote, that we're attached to here are hosts in new bodies that had no backstory because all the backstory they had was written by Ford anyways. Who are they really? They're not sentient like Dolores. Dolores and Bernard are the only two that are sentient. So it doesn't matter who they are. But what did we make of her of them showing us a hail body being created in the in the field office there? The way that that was put together, it just looked like they wanted to give birth to this new character of Hale. I'll bet that that was still the same body that was originally inhabited by Dolores built by Bernard in the park. But that was clearly the field office. That wasn't Westworld. That's that where that body was being made. I'm talking uh, about Bernard's house in the real world, dude. That's not, right, not, yes. Not the right. bunker house. Well, then there would be two Charlotte Hales walking around, and then we're just going through this again with who's in the other one. Could be a backup. I don't think it makes a difference. Might not. I love the episode, Maze. I'm sorry you didn't love it, man. Yeah, I thought it was sorry great. you had a bad time. Bad trip for our Dave boy. Dave and I, we're going to have to just talk on the side now. Forget you. Yeah, I, it gave me a lot to chew on. It's like a big <laughs> piece of jerky. I liked it better thinking about the machinations behind the scenes off camera. I like what it made me think about. I didn't like the episode itself. Mm. And I got one other question. Eden. Can you explain your tweet from earlier today? I was just drawing parallels to this anime that is largely, it's called Psychopaths. It's based, it's basically like, it's, it's a very Philip K. Dick based, just like how this season kind of is. And it's just, Mm -hmm. I was just drawing the parallels between the two shows. They have like a control system that sort of places people in occupations. So I was like, feel like that's like Rehoboam, like, you know, the pull up analysis that it had for Caleb, like about how his social, you know, just like all the like personality breakdowns for like who this person is. It's like everything is predefined by the system. Mm, So it's just the same, that same concept is recycled in this anime, which the anime is not super original. Like I said, it's, it's based off like, uh, it's very Blade Runner, like Philip K. Dick short story type, type like dystopian universe. And so I just thought it was a, it was one of the little science fiction nerd, okay. probably the nerdiest I never, thing I've ever tweeted. Because I didn't know what psychopaths meant other than it sounded really cool. Oh, yeah. It's a it's a really uh, it's a dystopian anime. And I, yeah, the Dolores character this season, who's kind of just like set out to destroy the system and everything. Like there's a character that's very similar, like similar, um, like philosophy Okay. In nice. in the anime. So I was just uh, for the three anime nerds out there that follow me. You know. <laughs> three anime. <laughs> there, there's at least three. I know there are. I was mystified. You would I actually really it. like. I think you would really. Psycho I don't. I don't. I know you're probably not. You're not an anime guy, but like the concept for season one, it's it's very good, and it's a short season. Okay. I highly recommend it. Actually. Netflix. Hulu okay, has cool. seasons one and two. It's actually like really cool concept and I think you would like it. This is not 
untrodden territory. Right. You know, it's, since it's the Matrix. Not original. And it's it's yeah. hard. I mean, and the show seems like to be Matrix. owning up yeah. to all its homages to the Matrix. So I'm I'm just hopeful that they can take these threads a little further because let's be honest, you know, the Matrix guys dropped cool the ball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that first movie was great. Reloaded and then the next two were shit shittier. <laughs> <laughs> I like number two. I don't like number three. I like the action in number two because they got they spent like two hundred million dollars on it. There was good action, was good. and the freeway scene. The freeway scene is one of the most rewatchable things they've ever done. Almost yeah, but, as good as the dev scene. Yeah, that's how I feel about Austin Powers. Really, same <laughs> same sort of trilogy. <laughs> Yeah, baby. Dolores is starting a revolution and Caleb is down to clown, as are we for my guests, Dave Schilling, Jake Hoy, Tom Haberstrow, and Eden Liu. I'm Anthony Mays, and we'll see you next week on the Westworld Podcast. crazy jake is yeah and we talked about it last season it's the lisa joy jonathan nolan split and i feel like there's a lisa joy part of the writer's room that's interesting yeah is always trying to make me give a shit about these characters yes and they're not real that's a fun, you know, it's, I just, I just don't even react to that anymore. Cause I don't care. They're you know, feeding it, us with this funny fucking, thing. she's a deadbeat mom and she can't pick her kids up, but she's also cutting herself. It's like, what are we doing? She's a fucking robot. Like when, when Dolores tells her like, turn your affect off. That's what I wanted yeah. from this whole episode. Yeah. But what I, I guess what I was okay with was the notion that here's this, character walking into a world completely uneducated like only it's not like Dolores even handed her the book from the forge and said here's everything you need Jesus to Christ. know here's a she mirror pushed her out and she's like here's who you are you're this person now. I don't have the manual just go figure it out on your own we need to we need you so, to go now because we're we're cutting daylight did you ever see uh uh being there with Peter Sellers uh-huh it's kind of like she's like that character for a bit. You know what I mean? She's just, oh, taking in all the information and then somehow coming up with all the right lines at the right time to just sneak by, you know? Oh my God, um, yeah. So I guess I was okay with it on that level and wasn't – I. that's the only problem with those scenes being as long as they were is because they do seem to be trying to get you into this making an emotional connection with them. And you can't make an emotional connection with a host. That's the fundamental problem. But then they're also trying to make it seem like it's just a, a slightly different version of Charlotte. Like we should be carrying a, like they call her Hale now. They used to call her Charlotte. Now they call her Hale. It's like Hale does this. And it's like a new person. I see what you're getting at. It's like they want us to actually still be connected to her as Charlotte Hale. And I'm not at all. <laughs> like no, I'm, I'm in either. on the triple agency shit. So if they were making it, I hear you. Like super leaning into the triple agency, and this per- yes. and this host in Charlotte's body is competent and like making moves and doing shit. So maybe she'll get there. But this was a birth episode. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. I mean, look, it, it's the origin story of this character, how she's going to go forward. I, fe- I mean, they did turn it. It's over. Like, whatever was causing the psychological conflict now is resolved, right? So I feel like there could be a lot more energy in that character going forward. And we won't get 
backstoried to death. I hope so. Because I'm I'm with you. I'm not a huge fan of the backstory for emotional investment. I really just want it. I want plot. Like it was the whole season two Maeve daughter shit. Yeah. I agree with you completely. I, But they actually kind of delivered on that in season two. I will never... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at least, it, I mean, at least she it hugged her and a shoved valid... her into the supply. That was it. I found <laughs> you. Bye. <laughs> Have fun. It was a plot point is all I'm saying. Oh, you know, it was God, a plot yeah. point. I like the Caleb stuff, though. I like the Caleb backstory <laughs> and the the Rehoboam file. I liked all Definitely. that. Definitely. I mean, something could something very interesting could be going on with the, with his character. I mean, he's like I'm dead either way, right? So this could be interesting. And if it, it we already know we don't want it to turn out to be that he's a host, but if he's some kind of resurrected human, that could be interesting. Yeah. The thing I didn't get to say, but that like I noted one of the recurring big recurring theme this whole season so far between Dolores and Maeve is that humans can't design perfect systems, right? And that's what Rehoboam wants to be. Humans are simple algorithms. They're only 5,000 lines long and they barely fill up a book, says Logan. They're the only ones who can build the perfect system, which makes them the perfect people to destroy the system. So I don't know. I mean, I'm, I guess I'm trying to be optimistic because I do. I root for the show. I like watching it and I like podcasting about it. But episode one was good. It was like legitimately good and exciting. And then yeah, two slower ones. If they get Bill back in the mix next week and. I'm with you. The Especially on the rewatch. I was like, these Charlotte Hale scenes are long. I did. I liked the scene with her and Dolores. I thought that was great. Yeah. Her on her own, engaging with Delos, they were all very long scenes. You're late. I'm optimistic <laughs> they'll pick up the pace. <laughs> You're late to pick up your daughter. <laughs>